0: Welcome to Team Rabbit Hole Edition 107 with Steven Wybro 5D Chess.
1: Most welcome.
2: Hello and thank you for having me.
1: What's up, dude? Hopefully you're doing well.
2: Yes, I'm doing pretty well. I was at a press conference today here in Vienna about the Corona Crisis Plan Pandemic and it was very interesting. Um what happened there and uh major interesting insights in how to proceed forward in the yeah, in the implementation of freedom instead of control. And, uh, yeah, that's that's basically what uh, my day was all about. Today, some very interesting people getting together, and um, I really like the energy there. So, yeah, I'm feeling really good today.
1: That's what's up. Before we jump onto the pony and ride off into the sunset, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade style, um, something we do here on the Team Rabbit Hole podcast is dis- I-, I take the episode number and break it down to the Major Arcana. Um, and until, I guess, he runs out of them, and maybe he'll switch decks, I'm not sure. Raphael's been doing Galactic Heritage Tarot, but this episode is 107, so that's the eighth card, which is Strength. Uh, and in the David D'Angelo Starman Tarot booklet, it says, I face my fears with the strength of love and patience. Strength is about trusting yourself, letting your inner endurance shine, using your power to embrace the amazing person within, and you have everything you, within you you need for success. Uh, Raphael, real quick, what uh, is your heritage telling us?
0: So, uh, Steve, now I know why it took you so long to come on the podcast, because we started reading these numbers, and the Galactic Heritage Cards have 108. So we are now almost at the very end, and I'm not sure how familiar you are with different alien timelines, however, here goes. So this is the story of Orion in the future timeline, therefore it is Orion Light. Uh, simply put, this is the story of Star Wars, in a sense. So here it says, 107 Orion Light True Compassion Future Timeline. True compassion is a deep recognition that all consciousness is part of a greater whole. Whatever one aspect experiences is experienced by the whole. Thus, when you see pain and suffering in the world, know that pain exists within you too. When you find pain within you and embrace it fully, The whole feels your love and compassion. At first, this may hurt, because it is natural to try to shield yourself from the pain of another. But eventually, the love you share will melt away the pain. The Orion light asks you to not fear pain and use it as a gateway to true compassion.
1: That's like how the Matrix ends, you know, when he's like, hey, I'm just going to love Major Smith till forever because we have to play this game. And it's funny because this morning, like just right before this, I every day I pull our, um, cards and play music to it. Um, And uh, yeah, I pulled the fool card, the zero, the sacred clown. So it's like we just have to remember it's a game and laugh at it and kind of hold on loosely, as they say. Um, But I'll shut the fuck up. Uh, Raphael, tell us how you kind of stumbled upon Steve, what your relationship is and we'll kind of go from there.
0: All right. So basically, um, we met through OK Talks. So and if you want to platform. read that
1: blip, I forgot. I didn't write oh, it, yes, but you I did. Will. That's a good little blip.
0: So, uh, through this very platform we are broadcasting right now, we actually met because there was a recording of one of his events in Vienna. And I actually just saw, oh, we're going to record there. I didn't have like any job there, but I was like, okay, you know, let's meet up and I'm just going to check out this place and see whoever, you know, is talking about 5g and what they're gonna say. And I was kind I was actually almost like expe- not expecting too much. I was like, "Ah, oh, let's see 5g. I mean, what a topic, you know, and then I arrived and uh, I was actually listening from outside through the headphones through this software we're using mumble or through the online broadcast. So I could sit outside smoke and uh, you know, like just listen in and like look peek peek inside at a regular is that key and uh, and then like after, I don't know, 10 minutes already, suddenly the topic k- kind of switches and he's all talking about like, you know, imperial self, you know, Mark Passio, Michael Tessarion style with whom I'm quite familiar. And I pretty uh, quickly recognized, you know, first of all, the idea of the basic, you know, Gnostic uh, approach, some ideas about the slides and of course the content. And then I was just sitting outside, you know, just like smiling. was like, "Mm, yeah, this is the way I want this topic to be talked about. And yeah, also the second presentation by Clarissa Horak, who's also on Okie Talk, uh, done some shows, was also really amazing. Uh, Yeah, many, many great things. I met some other amazing friends there. So yeah, and this happened maybe about a year ago. And uh, yeah, Steve has been doing shows on Okie Talk kind of regularly. So I'm very happy that we can have him on here as well, especially since I know, and it is obvious, that also the idea of both 5G and 5D is uh, both something very individual, but also something that's in a sense uh, worldwide and everyone can choose to participate. So in terms of the blip for this episode, it says uh, 5D chess from 5G to 5D. Join the team as we explore how to discern what the matrix is and how his rules can be bent or broken in order to play the game on another level, from another perspective, within another dimension.
1: That's what's up. All right. Before we really kind of figure out, uh, we can go down any number of rabbit holes that you prefer. Um, Steve, um, I'm along for the ride. I'll ask questions. So that's kind of how I roll as a double Gemini. But um, kind of give us a little... You know, you don't have to go all to call me Ishmael, you know, full biopic or whatever, but tell us kind of who you are in your own estimation, where you're coming from culturally, how you got to kind of the place of awareness that you're at now.
2: Yeah, thank you very much. And, uh, yeah, that was really nice to remember the old days, back in the old days, like last year. <laughs> it was quite funny. Yeah, that's, um, basically, um, When I'm, when I talk about my own journey is that I became involved in 5G and, um, it was sort of like, uh, it was leading to that point, you know, where you're basically at the crossroads of your own life. That was with me. It was in 2017 uh, when I first heard about the 5G rollout. And that was pretty soon, actually, before anyone else uh, realized what was going on with 5G. And that was due to the fact that I was listening uh, to Max Egan's podcast. Um, what was it called again? Uh, Surviving the Matrix. And... Yeah and Max pretty much um connected the dots on 5G pretty quickly and as soon as I realized what was coming at us I realized okay I I had to particip- participate on a much deeper level um, in all of this and actually use all the information I've been gathering, uh, over the last seven or eight years because my conscious journey of awakening, uh, started in 2009 when I watched, uh, the Zeitgeist documentary. Uh, which I find quite well. fascinating <laughs> that a lot of people, that happens to a lot of people, you know, um, that that was what got them started. And that got me started on my journey. And as you are going along and researching all different sorts of topics, you realize um, more and more that it's about your own participation. That was my journey, that it's um, important that everyone participates And with me, the major turning point in my life was in 2017 when I dropped basically everything uh, that my system identity... Um, was building up to, you know, you go through uh, kindergarten to school and then to your studies and you're sort of like living two lives. I was living two lives. I was on the one hand writing articles for a magazine next to my studies and on the other hand I was still living this life that um, I'm going to be a teacher of mathematics and history um, and studying at the University of Vienna. And in 2017, I decided, okay, one and a half years before I'm finishing this, you know, I'm going to drop everything. And I know that when I drop everything and just listen to what the universe wants from me, you know, and wants me to communicate through my channel, um, let's try this out. And up to that point in 2017, i had already been studying uh, the nature of reality on a foundational level um, due to the great work of um, David Icke. That's a great inspiration in my life, especially his um, really clear understanding, um, which a lot of people don't mention with David Icke's work. Um, he gives a very, very good picture of how reality um, is an inter- an and interchanging act, you know, that I'm interacting with reality and it's this uh, sea of frequencies that we're experiencing. And for me... Um Very soon, you know, I realized that that was the most important information out there. And uh, that's how I also embarked on it because it was last year in 2019, in um, April, I started giving lectures on 5G. So I looked at the issue of 5G through the lens of um, the hermetic principles and the nature of reality itself. So that's how I uh, looked at the whole... um, Yeah, about at the whole issue and not stay stuck on the symptom level and describing what 5G is and how much of a weapons system it really is, but actually look at it from the perspective of what is it trying to teach us? What is the teaching function of it? And uh, yeah, and it's been an unfolding ride, an unfolding journey, uh, which got me to the place here right now. And uh, yeah, it's all still unfolding right now. And I'm really excited to know what's what's next along this journey.
1: That's what's up. Um, I just watched Tron Legacy this week. I've seen it when it dropped back in 2010. Fascinating kind of simulation theory stuff. So I'm wondering how... Um, you look at reality given your proclivities towards history and math, which aren't very, I mean, there's some overlap, but those are kind of disparate studies. Um, wh- What kind of, uh, I mean, you could go off in any rabbit hole. We don't have to go long here. What was your shtick? I mean, were you looking at things in terms of like Mandelbrot patterning and um uh, Penrose tiling, or how were you looking at reality, and what kind of historical lenses were you appreciating mostly?
2: Well, the way I look at it, um... And that was what um, what David Ike gave a really um, clear description of, is that there's um, multiple levels of reality. It's like water, you know. Water can be um, it can be flowing, and it can be um, you know ice. It can be um, gas. You know all these different ways that water can manifest, but they're all the same. Um, it it all comes back to the same base. State of everything, which is frequencies. You know, that's how I saw it. And I, I, um, you know, getting, it was just basically asking foundational questions again. And the most foundational question one can ask is, uh, to question the very, um, environment that we are living in. And actually um, thinking like, okay, I, u- I used to perceive this as a solid place with me being a solid human being, you know, because I can touch myself and this feels pretty solid. Um, but actually, is there more to this? And uh, that's what I think was a really important penny in my life to drop. And uh, that's also something that I focus on greatly in my work, is to make people realize that everything is based on the um, on the basis of frequencies and energy, and as the great uh, quote from Nikola Tesla goes, you know, if you look at the universe, look at it in terms of energy, frequency, and vibration, and uh, that's where I—that's th- how I now perceive reality. You know, I perceive reality right now from the basis that everything has a receiver-transmitter function. And, uh, I try through my work, you know, to, to, uh, simplify things as much as possible. So it's, um, understandable for every being, you know, and to just give the essence of knowledge to, to, to the human being and to reevaluate, you know, his own life, you know, and the way he perceives him or herself. And, uh, and yeah, that's basically what I do. I, Cause I, I see right now, you know, in the age of the internet, And where we are basically bombarded with a truckloads and truckloads of information. It's just unbelievable. Um, I, what's, what my work focuses on is the distillation of information and always asking the, the prime question, what is important information and what is really 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 important information and really go deep into those levels where I personally know after studying um, Satanism for eight years and understanding that the rulers of this world are um, satanic priests that have a deep grasp of uh, deep psychology and the uh, the workings of the human mind and they use it for purposes of manipulation um, and yeah, and that's what I try and focus on is to distill the essence of that information and, um. And express it to human beings. So, for example, this can happen when I speak at a at a demonstration. For example, I don't talk about uh, George Soros or Bill Gates. I don't mention any names, but I cut right to the chase and talk about how mass psychology works and how people are manipulated. You know, and folk and what I use is a quote um, that. We all probably know, um, apparently uh, Voltaire said that if you want to know who rules over you, look at the people you're not allowed to criticize. And I rephrase that and I say, if you want to know what's really going on, look into the things that they tell you not to look into. And uh, that's what, uh, that's where I focus my work on, is um, to get a real grasp about uh, what is termed occult knowledge and, um, uh, the esoterics, the esoteric arts and, which can be uh, uh, which is expressed in uh, in an hermetic understanding or in gnostic understanding um, there 's multiple um, ways of looking at the same thing, and that 's what i 'm trying to put into a form right now which suits the zeitgeist of the time we 're living in right now, and that 's what I focus on in my um, show called uh, Navigating the Matrix with natural Law principles, and I always show the the picture of Plato's allegory of the cave at the very beginning of the show to bring people back to the very basics and to do the basics right and to drop basically for this these one and a half hours that you're going to watch this show, just realise that Anything um, that you might have been viewing before are shadow projections on the wall. And in this show exclusively, we're going to focus on primarily on how to get the freaking hell out of this cave. That's the only thing that I am truly um, focusing on right now in 2020 with the show that I'm doing
1: that's what's up i have a lot of little uh firecrackers went off in my brain um and i don't want to focus on any of which one and Raphael, if i start being too verbose feel free to shut me the fuck up um on the one hand you mentioned hermetic principles i want to kind of see and you're talking about distillation that's a very alchemical kind of term i want to kind of see what you think in terms of your own processing and your place in alchemy or how you use these principles what that means to you um i haven't You know gotten initiated particularly in those things fully by any means but i'm aware of them peripherally gemini life um and you mentioned satanism which is interesting having you know been involved with that for a while i'm not gonna judge i don't i mean in some weird way on lsd i made peace with lucifer or whatever you know kind of like being like i don't know your function in this matrix but like judas had to pull the trigger for there to be a christ or whatever so sometimes maybe programs have functions beyond my human understanding and Or wherever I'm at. So I've made peace with it all. And it seems like there's, how would I put it, um, causal necessity for all these things in a dualistic Tao where it's like cause and effect, kind of Merovingian style, like certain things beget certain things. Um, but you're also kind of describing um, a very Promethean kind of concept, which is also kind of uh, Satan in the garden with the apple vibes, uh, with like, hey, there's information being held back and gatekeeped from you. Why would that be kind of stuff? Like look into this, like, you know, giving the fire of the gods to people like their illumination or whatever. Um, we can go down that rabbit hole. Um, it sounds like you're um, pretty uh, active in a way that you're trying to be the change you want to see in the world, which I applaud. That's what we, all we really can do. And I want to kind of know how, uh, especially given the card, um, the cards. Are dr-
0: the card. Yes, Jim
1: oh sorry uh being strong um with the strength card you're being strong and passionate and you know holding your spirit above the uh, material if you want to put it that way kind of in a dualistic sense that's what the strength card kind of shows the line of passions and the lower chakras or however you want to put that and then the spirit kind of subduing that and taming it um but what Raphael had pulled was talking about compassion and i kind of want to know how you look at yourself um or, or the situation, like how, how do we, how are we supposed to view kind of antagonisms and kind of hurdles of reality, like Bill Gates and all this kind of stuff, without maybe becoming the enemy that we seek to overcome, if that makes sense?
2: Absol- absolutely makes sense. And I, I love what you said here, um, with the aspect of being at peace with Lucifer. And, um, I'm totally with you on that. You see, uh, to, and, and, and that's where the compassion also comes in. When you understand, from, in, in my understanding, uh, that what we're dealing with here, um, when it comes to Lucifer, what I would call, um, Satan, okay, when viewed through the lens of energy, you know, where everything is, um, on a base level, energy, frequency, and vibration, as the terms that Tesla put forward to view the universe then I asked the question, okay, what is Satan in terms of energy, frequency, and vibration? And when we're dealing with energy, you know, when the energy flows, then the energy flows. And it's a sort of an evolution that happens through us. You know, we, we progress, our our consciousness expands, you know, when the energy is able to flow. And when it gets stuck, the energy, then uh the opposite of evolution happens and that would be the involution and i would describe satan solely on an energetic level as the involutionary force and there is nothing to really um hate about satan or or, or you know give him a bad name as is often given to it, but it is solely viewed through it in energetic terms and also through the hermetic tradition. It is just an understanding of how energies, um, work on this uh, dualistic realm that we occupy. And it is just the energy that is holding, um, the growth of consciousness back for whatever reason. And, uh, and yet yeah, the, the trick about that would be to see how our energy inside of our own self can flow again and not be in resonance with uh the um the energy of um of involution and uh that can also be expressed you know there's there's different traditions and there's different um initiation systems and uh for example in numerological terms the involutionary process, which is called um which is also goes by the name of Satan, can be expressed through the six and that's where we get the six 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 for example, which is an expression of material of materialism in this understanding even this, in the
1: uh not to cut you off even in the um you know number shape it is an invol- invol- uh involving uh, it's going from the outside in in a kind of inward fractal it's funny it's, that you're saying this.
2: Exactly, and that what that's what I find so fascinating. Because when you draw the six, as you say, you know it involutes, and uh, when you and and it's so fascinating. What there is no other number except the nine and the six, which are reflecting each other, and they're an inversion of each other. So when you get the six, it involutes, and you get out of the involution through the nine, and then basically you have also the symbol of the paragraph. When you look closely and that's what I'm dealing with, you know, uh, wanting to know about the truth for me is wanting to know about natural law principles. There are laws uh, in place in any given realm and that for me is the most hidden information on the planet and uh yeah, for me, that's where I get a, a, an understanding of Satan and of the satanic realm, which is very hard to stomach when you look into things like the Jeffrey Epstein revelations that come out you know and uh and before that in 2012 we had um jimmy savile in england you know it's very difficult to stomach what's behind that it's uh it drives you crazy basically as it did with me um at a time when i was researching these topics with um elitist international pedophile rings which are a reality and it's right now it's even trending on netflix you know, I mean I don't normally watch Netflix, but I had my sister come over to me like a week ago and she said, "You know, I'm watching this Jeffrey Epstein documentary and if I would be interested to watch it." Uh, you see, it's extraordinary and uh that was that's very difficult to stomach and that is actually also the driving force which builds up my will and my passion. To do what I'm doing and to go the full path, you know, of revealing truth and just become a conduit of the truth that wants to um, manifest through my being and through my lens is to understand that there are real problems in this world, no matter how I view it. But when I've got the element of compassion also inside myself and I, and I balance inside my own being, um, I, I, I get a much better balance by having an understanding of Satan as an energetic force. And I don't have to hate whatever, uh, someone outside of me is doing, you know, and stay stuck in that rabbit hole where a lot of people are also stuck. A lot of people also in the truth community, you know, that stay stuck on that level of understanding. And I think that's very important to view things as they really are. Uh, Namely in the terms of energies and energetics. And uh, I think we are going to heal this whole situation with the energy of compassion and realizing that actually the satanic force is actually uh, or are actually the forces of limitation. They are limited in their expression um, and in their experience of reality and therefore they have to keep the human population in a box that is smaller than their limited box from what they can perceive at a maximum. And we have everything inside of us to transcend their box and really have a much clearer, bigger picture of what's happening in this world than they will ever have and um, we can only move through those... Um, gates of the matrix in my perception if we apply that compassion and, um, and become a true conduit of truth and express real truth-based knowledge and become a vessel for that by uh, getting into peace with ourselves and our internal energies. And that is best expressed through not being in hate of anything outside of us. You know, be it an Elon Musk or Bill Gates or any of these. These are just symptoms of something that is causal, which is far more important to look into. What is the causal level of all of this? Why are we in this situation?
1: That's Very Thank well you, said. Go ahead, Rafael. Steve
0: for explaining. Just as we have our special guest uh, tonight as well, Brian, I'd just like to know if there's anything you would want to comment Like yes. Yes. Oh, sorry. Oh, man. yeah. Yes.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, no. I I completely agree with the uh. Ev- everything in my studies has led to it is all at the nut of it. It's all energy and the frequency you choose to vibrate at. And there's going to be all kinds of energies all around us. Everybody with other, with uh, you know, their own uh, mindsets and intents. But it, it is about energy and and the whole Luciferian uh, uh, description that that you laid out. I I couldn't agree more uh, with with uh, with my own experience and practice as well. And uh, you know, curiously, I wanted to just go back in my in my tarot deck. Um, I follow the. Uh, the Toth uh, construction or sequence of cards. And the eighth card is Adjustment. It's called Adjustment. And, th- and that card is connected to Libra. And it- and it is all about balance and things being out of balance, coming back into uh, a, a state of balance and being. And I feel like uh, things are so, like, The pendulum is swinging so far in the world stuff, you know, that really the only thing that you could focus on is is your own personal energy and the and the frequency that you are exuding. And and that that spreads out a lot, you know, so I I, uh, am in total agreement with your perspective.
1: Real quick, uh, there's a few things uh, just that kind of came to mind, and we can talk about them or not, whatever you guys prefer. Um, So it seems like what we're describing somewhat is toroidal dynamics. We've discussed this kind of before with other people. Um, in different contexts, but this is coming up with like Luciferianism, particularly, and like maybe you know the people that we don't want to be following in terms of Bill Gates or whatever the transhumanist agendas and stuff. It doesn't surprise me that basically, if you start going on this inward spiral to a degree, you're not going to be you're going to be self-oriented. It's about the 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 monad of the self as opposed to the outward spiraling or whatever. Um, so of course, in some weird way, it's highly logical that. Um, people will look at other uh individuals as like a means to an end in kind of a Machiavellian terms um and it doesn't really surprise me um is that kind of what you're getting at it sounds like um and then it uh, we've had uh and we're gonna have a special actually on the emerald tablets of thoth at some point probably but um having listened to that audiobook twice now um it seems like i uh, and we're kind of getting into like like i said the end of the matrix movies where neo is choosing to be an antithetical force to the smith who would kind of be an archon figure or very selfish kind of dare i say luciferian kind of element of that story where it's just self you know worried and selfish and whatever um and it isn't about defeating it because he can't uh he just has to remain in balance with the smith kind of like. Uh, in Star Wars it's not about destroying the Sith like sure there can be a Sith Lord and an apprentice but like once they start doing the power grab and destroying planets and stuff there's an imbalance in the force or whatever um, is that kind of how you're looking at this like it's a it's a neutral toroid and then we get to choose how uh, how how do you, how are you apprehending it in terms of like karma choice because um, I personally want to be more of a Jedi type than a Sith type but I understand that there's Sith and Slytherin I don't you know it takes all kinds I get that but at some point uh, especially in the Emerald Tablets it's like we're all spiraling up. Spiraling up. Uh, spiraling up to be a light on the way. and uh, it, But it does talk about there being like a quote dark brotherhood who's like literally like just kind of like, you know, they gnash their teeth and just want to destroy things kind of like Attila the Hun of... Sp- of the cosmos or whatever the fuck. I just want to kind of get your perspective on how do you um, participate in the drama that it seems we're a part of in this matrix without overly attaching to it while still honoring maybe your proclivities.
2: Well, it's uh, (laughs) a big challenge and a balancing act you know uh I think I mean, in my experience, you know, I get drawn into the tar- into the drama still sometimes sometimes more sometimes less and it's uh, it's basically a journey of of unfoldment uh in my opinion, and I think it's uh yeah, that's that's what was symbolized also in, in the Matrix movie at the end. So <laughs> I don't really know whether doing a fourth one, you know, <laughs> but uh, still interesting, you know, might be more to know. I think there's always more to know, because it's such an unfolding journey, and that's what makes it so fascinating. But it's it comes to me to the basic um, realizing the basic human instinct. Uh, I mean as always you know i can only talk from my perspective uh but i think it's a basic human instinct to not want to uh be quarreling you know and not wanting to be fighting you know and uh you know i i don't know it it's it like it drew so much energy out of me in the in the beginning of my process of my awakening you know and i think all of us you know have have gone through this where you're discussing with other people and you're like trying to put over things and say well this and that and you've got so many uh, different facts that you can name but people are just like you're crazy you know and that makes you go even more crazy and the 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 point of peace that happens you know when the penny drops when you don't have to fight with other people you don't have to and that's a, a big one you know a big penny to drop is that you don't have to be right you know, you don't have to prove to anyone that you're right on anything, you see. And you, it's just that's where, yeah, these are f- for me, you know, major spiritual hurdles, you know, that need to be um, gone through. And um, it's for me, it has to do with uh, integrating energies inside of one own being, you know, to so have an integrative approach with uh, the internal energies that are operating through us. And uh, when it comes to that, uh, I want to mention the, the the esoteric understanding of the Trinity, where you've got the male principle with the female principle, and it completes the Trinity. And the male principle in that would be uh, the internal energy of thought, you know, and the intellect. And that, coupled with the female principle of emotions, You know, which uh, is something that I go a lot into also in my work, because that was something, one of the most challenging things that I went through, you know, integrating my own emotions and actually realizing that there's all these childhood sort of small or less small, bigger traumas, you know, that uh, keep reflecting in your own experienced reality. That are energies, you know, that want to be um, completed to a whole, you know, inside one's own being. So, um, the tangent I'm going off here right now is that these internal, two internal energies of thoughts and emotions, coupled together, when these two internal energies are projected outward, as behavior, as the choices we make every single day in our life, uh, not only life choices, but choices of any kind. That is what, um, yeah, what, what, what is going to uh, reflect our reality experience to us, and this is uh, for me the the basic law of karma. Also, you know that the way you think, the way you feel, and the way you act, you know, is going to be reflected to you all the time. So, all one can do in and that and that's why it's so important to be as conscious as possible, is to be aware. Of patterns that happen in one's life, you know, which uh, which one realizes and then see to start to change one's behavior toward it, you know, to start not reacting to things, you know, that happen, you know, that trigger us and uh actually let the trigger happen you know and and uh, start that process of um what does it tell me you know and how can i how can i uh change situations and not get into conflicts with other people so it's it's basically um this yeah, this unfoldment of one's being and how to navigate through um, the experience that we're having, you know, the reality that we're experiencing and how our reality is so malleable. You know, it's so changeable when we start to listen to certain signs that are telling us things and actually, which is, um, that's why I always say in my show, you know, do the basics right. You know, we always have to appreciate the... The uh, foundational rule of initiation and the foundation of any initiation is: we have to be honest with ourselves. You know, the most important thing along this journey is to be honest with ourselves, and always be in a, or not always, but try to be as much as possible in a state of receivership. That we don't have to hold on to any perspective of reality that we might have right now, but let it unfold. You know, like let untruths fall away if they turn out to not be as true as you thought they were. You know, to let them go and just, um, you know, just for me, it's it's all exploring. And I'm and I'm um, sort of going off this tangent here right now a little well, bit. That's a so, rabbit um, hole.
1: We're all about rabbit holes. It's all good. <laughs>
2: exactly. So yeah. Basically, that's um, that's just what came up for me in in the essence of, of of the life experience. You know, we're we're here to experience this realm. You know, and actually, because oftentimes, you know, spiritual evolution and shadow integration work is also viewed as this, oh shit, you know, and oh, it's not good, you know, and ah, oh, these hard emotions that are coming up. And yes, that happens, that's
3: true. Young's Red Book uh, exploration for me was exactly that and one of the most profound experiences of my life and and really was a spot where I came to terms and acceptance and peace of all those shadow things that were running around kind of bubbling up, uh, you know, unexpectedly and in their own sort of mode and that it, it, it kind of consolidated everything into one whole for me, which I I think you're exactly right.
2: Exactly. And, uh, and yeah, and that's, that's where, yeah, we just let it happen. And what, what really changed, um, my journey, you know, of, because shadow integration work can be quite deep, you know, and, uh, and then it's, um, a bit. More difficult, you know, to have this light version of yourself also that balances, you know, the depth of integrating, you know, traumatic experiences, you know, and to have that light energy inside of you again is when you start viewing this whole process, you know, as a great gift, you know, as a great journey and viewing the world and the experience we're having through the, through the eyes of a child again. And that for me, the whole shadow integration work for me is sort of like an integration also of the inner child and the energies of the inner child. And that's for me where life becomes an adventure again. And that's what I love so much about it, you know, to view it through that lens. It's very healing. For me personally,
1: well, uh, uh the sun right now is in Gemini, and the moon is in Aquarius, which kind of further emphasizes the point of like we should be curious and playful, but also um why is it serpents and as doves kind of thing um when you're the intro i don't know what that was from Raphael, the audio clip it might have uh, i don't a film or something it sounds like, um but talking about the kingdom of God is within it's like one of the things Jesus was all about was like, yo, the kingdom belongs to children, like be like kids. Like you can't get, you can't while your way. I mean, there's a, that's the fool card, right? Where it's like, you can get to a high level and then you punctuate back to this reset mode where, you know, but you hold on loosely and you play with it. Um, I think what you're saying is very profound and important because in some way it seems, and I'm not sure how you guys feel about this. If it's a democratized experience and everybody, I think if it more of as a bell curve, maybe some people have incarnated or whatever, and will never try to integrate, their shadow and they're just kind of you know in the matrix defending the system and they don't care kind of like morpheus is like they just, they they're born into a prison they don't care they want to be there don't sweat it um you might actually damage them or yourself trying to unplug them you kind of have to worry about uh, what i'm getting at with this is like it when you do the inner work there for some i'm not maybe it's for everybody but for, for my perspective it seems like some people choose to initiate and do the inner alchemy and processing and shadow work like you're saying and then you come to this integrated point where you have a left hand and a right hand and you're trying to do the middle path thing with balance or whatever um being aware of both but probably not leaning one way or the other too much or at least kind of like like riding a bike you like lean one way and then lean the other way and you know kind of like that uh, graceful falling of the bike ride um with momentum uh but when you get to... And the journey's never over. It's like an Ouroboros. Like you were talking about Plato's cave kind of at the very beginning. Um, It seems like there's an infinite regression of Plato's caves, kind of like Inception or something, where it's like we get through... We we do our shadow work, whatever, we come to this point, and then all of a sudden, we're alchemizing internal... Internal? Internal processes as outward manifestations, which is always the case anyway, but when you... Like, when you think you get to a level and you're like, oh, I'm a blue belt now. yay, I'm cool. It's like, no, there's more belts to do. So it's like you kind of learn to tame your demons and listen to your better angels or whatever the fuck. And then you get to this point where, like, it's not finished, but, like, the work kind of, in in uh, you know, kind of, what's the word? It kind of inverts from within to without or something so now for example we've talked about this and i'm not sure if this triggered you rafael but what we're kind of talking about seems a little like the manly b hall um angel satan quote um, maybe we'll read that later maybe not but um where it's like you know all these things that you're all these stumbling blocks and um in uh, involutive forces and things like that that you overcome eventually That's an internal thing, and then you punctuate. And like now, I'm at a point where I'm like, "Oh my gosh, Jeffrey Epstein and all this shit." I'm a part of that. Just it's like I'm conscious of my entanglement with that process, and then it turns. Then it turns. (laughs) Sorry, my app is fucking up. Uh, Then it turns into this "let it happen" kind of Tame Impala thing, or "let it be," like Paul McCartney says, where you kind of have to Alan Watts do be do, so being and kind of observing, and then.
0: And then, yes, Jim.
1: Oh my God! Uh, the do be do this Alan Watts thing, where um, basically your being is the still point, like the Buddha thing, where it's like not attaching, and then the do thing is the more the Christ thing, where it's like go be the change in the world you want to see. Um, it's an interesting dance. I mean, it's it's really a, a passion play of. Uh, I mean, things like Dark Crystal yeah. do a good job of it. Things like Inside Out by Pixar do a good job of it. Um, Kubo and the Two String kind of show this in inward and outward kind of, and I don't know if everybody's aware of that. I think right now what we're going through is an apocalypse, like an unveiling, where people are becoming aware of the grand scale of things, and then certain resonances are like, I mean, I'm new age more than not, so it's like vibes are raising to the point where people are having to initiate in mass whether they want to or not.
3: You know what you're describing, you know, we talk in tarot terms a lot, you know, it's the fool's journey. You know, and that's a never ending journey. And, you know, the fool starts off with, uh, you know, this naivete and this like, wow, let's go. Not really knowing where he goes. He meets uh, Magus, the, the priestess, the empress, and he learns lessons from all of those until he gets to the universe. And then it's time to be the fool again and learn those lessons from a whole different frequency within yourself, you know? And that's a, a never ending cycle
2: of self-awareness.
1: Never ending story.
2: Yes, exactly. And what I what I wanna add to this is um what was also touched upon is yeah that the Ouroboros, you know, being a, a, a symbol of Gnosticism I think, um if I'm correct. And that the journey that the journey never ends. And there's always more unfoldment. And that's what I can see a lot in the truth movement also. I just had a an interview like two weeks ago or something, you know, with a very good friend of mine. And uh, during the interview, I find this so hilarious. You know, we're having a really good chat about the situation right now and what are the sort of things we need to put our energies to and change our energies, how can we do that and all these things and it was so fascinating because she's a really a lovely mother for me, you know, real mother figure and like full of heart. She's got this incredibly powerful energy. And right during the interview I found it so funny where she suddenly said, you know, Oh yeah, thank God that I haven't got any problems anymore and I've gone beyond all of this and I thought like, ooh. Okay, what else? There's, there's a big What's happening there right now? So ooh, okay, don't want to spoil it there right now. But uh, there's something coming at you soon, and that's how I approach you. You know the the inner child approach, and also the fool's approach. You know I really like that energy. You know is all right. So so what's next? And I also, what I also one of the principles that I go by is also I have no stake in the outcome you know i just do do my things you know i i don't even i don't monetize any of my stuff you know i can't even be bothered with it it doesn't even i, I can't deal with that even you know when i do courses or whatever you know I, I i i just can't do it any other way than do it for free or any talk that i do i i i do it for free not because i i want to diminish the work that i do but I, there's just no price tag that comes to my mind to do what i'm doing you know cuz for me the most important thing right now is to have this approach, you know, to to do it for free and to, to understand that you'll be taken care of, you know, through a natural, very natural way and through a natural energetic connection, you know, in whatever form that comes to you. And it comes in abundance then to you, you know, and just I, I, what I love about this whole um, experience and journey is also the humbleness. That comes from it, you know, and the letting go of having to, to know anything better than anyone else or explain it better or, or whatever that is worth to me, you know, it just falls away into just, and that's why I feel, you know, I, I, I I get such. Deep insights, and the project that I'm working on right now is also something that I'm quite passionate about. Because I've got something that I call Project Twenty Twenty, and it's quite uh, out there. It's a, it's quite a crazy idea, but it's uh, morphing ever more into clarity. And the sort of insights that I'm getting um, are really so profound, and I'm so humbled by it. And I think it's due to the fact that I'm just completely letting go of wanting to be paid, or you know forcing anything and just going deeper and deeper into this trust and that's what i'm trying to also teach to the people that i that i can reach right now is to help them along their journey you know to get more and more into that trust mode and for me when 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 we let go of uh the most existential fear of all of it you know which is uh existential fears, you know, how am I going to pay the bills and all that and to do that gradually, that's something that I, I, I wish to teach to people because through that and through um through dissolving this existential fear that has been programmed into us, in my opinion, you know, you, you connect to this life force energy that is all around us and is just waiting for us to tap into. And that's one of the ways. And basically what we were talking about before, the shadow integration work and uh, processing emotions and uh, integrating emotions inside of us is also connecting us to that life force energy that is, for me, the most important thing we need to connect to. And when we do that, you see, when we connect to the life force energy, I think we connect to the natural internet or we can call it the 5D world, for which I think 5G is the blocking frequency or the blocking reality to connect to the 5D world, or what I would call the natural world, the natural internet. And uh, yeah, that takes the connection with the life force energy to be in that new realm. And instead of the artificial realm, which... I personally call the the 5G AI matrix, um, mainframe matrix, you know, which is also being built, but we need to, in my opinion, and that's what I'm trying to do as much as possible, is to get people into the process and to assist also in connecting to the life force energy and really connect to the natural internet that is waiting for all of us. And I think it's completely open. And I don't know for since how long, is it, if it was 2012 or whatever, but this is sort of like the, the understanding that I'm getting of what is going on in the world right now when we're talking about 5D is the natural and the artificial. I try and simplify things. You know, the one is a copy of the other and the one is for real and the other is just pretending as if it is. It's a blocking frequency which is manifested through 5G. And when we can work through that Uh, blocking frequency inside of us. This is something that I said on the 5G Summit that I was a part of, um, organized by Josh Del Sol. I said, when we solve 5G inside of ourselves, and for me, 5G is um, the medium for a control system to go online. If I solve it inside of myself, I don't have to experience it outside when I know it's a lesson. And that means to let go of control inside of ourselves. The controlling mechanism we use, mechanisms we use on our own being, then we solve 5G inside ourselves, and there is no reason why we have to experience it outside of ourselves.
1: Well said. Um, a couple things, and then maybe we'll do a music break unless Rafael or Brian have any points they want to bring up. Um, first of all it sounds like you're pulling the obi-wan where it's like you understand that you're in a dualistic game you're you know lightsaber fighting the system even in this case darth vader is this man machine kind of dark father you know dark masculine kind of thing and obi-wan is engaging with it but at some point he kind of just turns off his lightsaber and he's like you know if you're going to strike me down i'm going to be stronger than i'm a part of the 5d so the 5g is a false thing Um, I'm going to be in a domain that you can't even apprehend, particularly Darth. Uh, You've got lessons on your own karmic journey, being this fucking man machine thing out of hate and fear and anger. Um, And that's kind of sounds like you're on that wave. I'm all about it. Um, What we're kind of describing with the five D five G thing, because I'm not sure how to feel about it. I love, I think of uh, the internet and all this age of um, Aquarius. It's like the birth pangs of the age of Aquarius. Um, We're not there yet, but the internet is definitely a, a, a baby kicking on the tummy of the Aeon shift. Um, and in a Marshall McLuhan sense, we're externalizing our nervous system outward into the the electronic gestalt or whatever of the of the internet and the um the worldwide connection globally that way. So there's this age of anxiety happening because we can kind of see our thoughts and actions externalized. You know, you can go to the dark web and find anything your shadow would ever want. Possibly, uh, I've never actually done that because I just don't want to. It seems like a horrifying rabbit hole, but. Um, but you can also find psychedelics on the dark web. and also, I mean, it's it's a tool or whatever. But anyway, um, it reminds me, I'm not a Kabbalist. Uh, I haven't gone much into that. It's always appealed to me, but it's just a jargon system that I don't know much about. But this sounds like what we're talking about with 5D, 5G is the Sephiroth or the 5D, where it's like real emanations from the Ainsoth. And this is like a spiritual hardware that we can play with, like in our, in terms of our spirit and our minds and our bodies. And then the Kleepot, I guess, is this inverted tree thing where it's a copy of the sephrot uh the clipot um it's not an actual thing itself it's it's a replication it's it's uh it's an attempt at being the Sephiroth or whatever but i like i said i'm not a kabbalist if you guys have any insights on that feel free to spit um and then the other thing i mean what you're kind of saying is you know um i mean jesus was always like consider the lilies consider the you know the birds it's like you're going to p- be provided for like you're always being provided for and then there's lessons within our kind of consternation and like fighting against the grace of, that always abounds or whatever and those are our personal lessons um so it's all good in that sense i think Raphael's helped me kind of tap into more of a modest view um being a double gemini i've always kind of got like contrarian opinions on things i'm like yes this is true but that is also you know like i see the paradox in it all but um at the end of the day, we're all held, like, you know, in the book of Job or whatever, and I'm not trying to push Christianity on you. I'm a Christian still, but this is just the lens through which I see it. Um, the book of Job is talking about, you know, like, oh, look, there's a there's Job, which actually predates the, uh, I think, Torah. But anyway, um, this is the story of basically like the high court, the 5D court, if you want to put it that way. It's like there's forces outside of human, whether they're iconic or I don't know how to describe this stuff, but there's forces that are beyond human or something and they affect us and they're all still within the dao they're all permitted to exist if that makes sense it's all still within the substrate of the matrix itself or whatever um so the more we kind of like let go and like lieutenant dan style uh just fall into the waters of grace and just like accept things instead of fighting them because the whole point of lieutenant dan and enforced if you guys have seen that is he's got this karma this destiny he thinks he's got he's got you know he's like i've got a function i've got to do this thing he's attached to an ego Ego. an ego sorry my thumb keeps i think it's my phone i gotta get a new phone it seems like i've been doing so many of these interviews like the where i press on the screen is like starting to get insensitive or something but um so lieutenant dan is tripping out because he's got ego attachments and you know karma and all this shit and then at some point he's I mean it's kinda of like a psalm in the sense like it's okay to angrily shout at God and like let your anger out and stuff, like God can handle that. Um it's actually better to be honest like that than not and just to repress it and hide it and stuff like the elder brother and the um <laughs> prodigal son stories. But anyway, um if you get it all out there and you let go, Lieutenant Dan finds his peace. He's sitting there without his legs or whatever in the ocean, just kinda of chill because he knows it's all good. Like he or he comes to his peace, whatever that means for his own fool's journey. So I'm kinda of rambling, I tend to do this, sorry. But it seems like what we're doing here is coming to a place of – and I want to know how um, you guys think we should act in the world. It sounds like once you do the inner alchemy, you know how to act appropriately. But like how do we be part of revolutions of change without becoming part of the problem? I think that's what we're seeing in America is a lot of people who are being instigated to anger, which is right anger, righteous anger. But they're probably – you know what I'm saying? Like it's like there's – we don't want to have a French or Chinese revolution.
0: Revolution, yes. Maybe
1: Steve. Uh, uh, yeah, go ahead.
2: Very, very important point and uh quite yeah, that suits the times that we're in right now with what's happening in the US right now. Cause yeah, it's yeah, it's the revolutionary mind sort of like. It's a it's uh, a distortion of um, yeah. There, there is righteous anger, obviously, about uh, all the things that they have experienced and or what we're experiencing in this world. You are, uh, you have a righteous right to be angry, and I think if you're if you're not angry, you know you're not paying attention. <laughs> and there 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 is something deep when we uh, there is something deep, you know, to the to the primal energy of anger, which is actually something that should push us into, um, into right action also. But anger, you know, when it's uh, when it's not properly processed, and when people are in, in still in a state of ignorance and uh, don't really know what's going on, that is then expressed through all sorts of things, you know, what what they're doing right now, in America, obviously, you know, and I, I think a lot of the rioters, myself, are uh, are paid anyway, and a lot of a lot of that is is acting also, but probably a lot of people are also right righteously ang- angry and um i can I can totally understand why, but yeah, that's not the action that we want to have, and when we come from an from the perspective that we were dealing with just now, that's why the the importance is so much on the internal alchemy to happen, you know to balance the inner energies inside oneself, you know the thoughts and the emotions, especially the emotions because from my experience I realized that as soon as I processed emotions and stopped reacting to things and sort of uh, took 10 seconds, you know, um, take a deep breath, you know, and look at it again, as soon as I started to do that more often and it becomes a habit, it becomes a new habit, just like people are wearing the masks right now, you know, it works on the same uh, thing that the the things that you repeat um, regularly, you know, it becomes your new habit. And... That then it, it clarifies things for you when we when we when we integrate emotional energies and emotions are energy energy in motion and also that then changes the thoughts you're having you know when when the universe sees ah okay he's 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 processing um, the the shadows inside of himself instead of uh process uh projecting them outwardly which we can see in the U S right now and that's the very reason why the material that I'm doing and the the speeches I'm doing and uh, the conferences and whatever are all for free because this is very important for people to know and to become aware of. And I think right now in this time, right now where a lot of things are going to come out, it is even more important to share this foundational understanding of internal alchemy and how to become a sovereign being because otherwise, you know, People will react in a crazy manner if they find out truth. That's why I'm actually quite happy that the international pedophile rings and all of the things that are happening in the background have not come to the surface yet because people would go absolutely crazy. They'd lose their mind and that's why I'm sort of like in a in a race of time, although I'm actually not, you know, everything's unfolding in uh the way it needs to unfold but i see it as, i just know that it's fundamentally important to share these fundamental understandings and um, and workings of the human psyche right now you know and the way to deal with emotions you know and how cuz the people they project their anger in my opinion why because they have no connection anymore with human beings they have no connection with themselves and they feel there is no other way to go anymore but rioting and going crazy and that's why it's so important cuz i mean these riots started right after the the lockdown that they had with the uh pandemic and yeah it's so important to get this information out you know and and that for me is is an expression of the internal alchemy that happens inside of us, and then we will know what actions to take and for me personally uh that's my journey that I'm on right now i'm I'm working on a project right now which I can also talk about maybe later, and also giving this information out to people so they don't go crazy when things uh start to come out yeah
1: one last thought and then we'll probably do a commercial commercialism uh music break um but what we're kind of discussing is because it's like i mean it's for better or worse we're our the riddle of the sphinx is like we're in the image of god and we're like this like you know spirit of gnostic flame in the body but we're still animals to a point and we have to transcend that fear because fear leads to hate hate leads to anger anger to the dark side stuffs i think people kind of like when you age a animal or something it starts pissing and shitting and biting and stuff and people have been have become aware of the cage they're in and they're raging against the raging against the machine and, and the blocking you know all this stuff And that isn't, it's not uh, on, how would I put this? It's, it's, it's uh, predictable, I guess. I don't even know how to put it. Like it's, it's not, I could see the, why it's happening, but in some way, um, and I want to get your guys opinion, then we can do a break. How I think we've over romanticized and idealized passion or as, as a part of being human, not to say we need to become robots or Spock only or whatever, but I think because of romanticism and, like arts, like we have this very, um, you know, like Beethoven and Oscar Wilde and people like this make us like feel like to be this highly manic, full on just like feels only and just do what impulsively you want. Like there's no self-control and there's no like temperedness. It's funny because like I said today, I pulled the Fool card for my daily card jam um, and the clarifier for that was the temperance card. So it's like, yes, we need to play, you know, hold on loosely and all this stuff, but, like, the Temperance card is about, like, perfect alchemy in a sense. It's like the balance of all the elements, uh, the balance between the mundane and the spiritual, whatever. It's like this this perfect zenith point or whatever. Um, It's the highest kind of psychological...
0: Psychological, yes.
1: The psychological point. You're an animal and you're a spirit, and you're witnessing both kind of dance together. Um, Maybe I just wanted to get your guys' opinion. Like, how do we move forward in terms of being passionate and zealous and romantic and you know idealistic without maybe burning down the house um or you know becoming addicts or you know addicted to feelings or whatever
2: who wants who wants to be first huh
1: i don't know if there's a right answer i just that's where i'm at with my thing where i'm just looking around and it's like
2: i i think my
3: definition of passion is slightly different than yours and then And I I think that passion or any emotion out of control and left to be its own focus is uh, uh, not something that you can find balance with. But I think that passion towards truth and finding your own truth um, is the fuel for that endeavor. And and it it serves me really, really well, whether I'm doing art or magic or... Well,
1: you're what, talking more about joy. I mean, more like the passions in no, t- t- like a Plato sense with like chariot pa- card. I'm
3: talking about passion and, and an undiluted desire to move towards something. And I, I think that instead of that undiluted desire being focused outwardly and judging other people, that if that undiluted focus is... Focused inward and understanding your own texture, then all of a sudden you're, you know, so many things that you've said, Steve, like, are, ref, reflect my own point of view and and where I've come to after many decades of uh, of learning. <laughs> you know that it it's it's that inner journey. That releases you from, you know, the one of the things you said that really like sent me over the edge was, you know, the moment that I realized you don't have to be wrong for me to be right. And I stopped being in a in a conflict you know, uh, scenario with other people and demanding that they think the way I just releasing that uh, uh, energy, that point of view freed so much energy
1: that allows uh, such a transcendence.
3: Oh my God! And to be able to use that energy for a positive flow instead of something that consumes itself uh, was a, a, a really great revelation. And and you know, lastly, uh, I just wanted to you know i after many many decades uh something that i've really come to realize that no matter how passionate about i am about what i think is the truth right now there are so many layers to things and that Auroboros thing about coming back and, you know, you think about some of the great books that you read when you were young and you go back and read, you know, 10 years later with a different mindset, you get a whole different, there are so many layers to everything that for me, you know, I, when I talk about truth, it, I uh, give it the caveat, you know, this is truth to me. This is my truth of the moment. As soon as something better comes up, I'm ready to let that go and shift my vision. But, you know, it, it's the truth of the moment and not necessarily a universal forever truth, you know. And and you you keep adding layers and layers and layers and you realize how that shifts over time, you know.
1: Anyway, That's the deep that, wisdom though. Knowing that you don't know, it doesn't mean you, you're an ignorant of things in terms of not knowing, but it does mean that you know there's more to the picture than meets the eye, including your reality tunnel. Oh, because the more
3: the more I learn, the more the more I realize uh, how little I know. <laughs> yeah.
1: It's humbling like that. The Ouroboros is weird because we start thinking like it seems like there's a process of the journey where it's like an acquisition of knowledge and getting on top of the seat of understanding or whatever, and then realizing that that's just like one little stalactite in the cave of no knowing or gnosis or something. It's like, oh shit! Like it's very humbling to know that, like,
3: and and very freeing. And that's a wonderful space. I love that space. I I try to live there uh, as much of my life as I can.
2: Can I can it, I just interject there quickly? Just a quick question, sure. Because, uh, yes, it, and it's the, the humbleness that comes in where you realize there is something so grand and it's such an adventure to find out and have that passion, you know, that fire inside of you to towards truth. And, um, you know, I'm double areas, by the way. <laughs> I was going to ask. <laughs> and uh, I'm I'm fully fully in the element of fire, and that's why I'm I'm putting the sort of like the the other pole of that. I also want to add that into the conversation, and because I really love that, and I just realized that about maybe two weeks ago or so, that yes, there is this aspect of not you know basically the more I know, the less I know, and you know you get this wonder of everything, but also I try and put the other pole into that and try and balance that through actually saying in this moment right now that I know, I know it and I actually know everything there is to know because then when I make that statement and I trigger everyone off by saying it, (laughs) you know it then becomes a reality. And it doesn't mean that I now have to know everything, but it just, it opens up that gate in your mind that this is also a possibility. And I think that's also a point uh, where I wish to go, because from that level of gnosis, from this real pure understanding and, and taking on that signal of pure knowledge and gnosis and understanding, that's what gives you true power and i think right now it's also very important in the times that we're living in right now to actually exercise our power that we have with great responsibility and in a in a in a in a compassionate way but that's the strength a, card it's a very very important aspect that i realized and it's a big part of what i'm doing is to actually cuz it's interesting because power is always Put in a negative connotation throughout all the sciences. It's very interesting. And I just realized a few days ago, I realized the work of uh, Michel, what was his name? Michel Foucault, the French guy, who looked into the aspects of knowledge and power. And it's it was fascinating. This is something that I'm putting into, into work in the project that I'm doing right now. And uh, yeah, knowledge is power. But it's only the basis of power. The real power is in the use of knowledge. And for me, it's very important to put myself into that place of gnosis, you know, and just, you know, fake it till you make it. But then I create that possibility. I open up that gate of real gnosis and pull that and and, and project that into the world. It's very important for my work that I do.
1: I'll say one thing and then I'll shut the fuck up. I promise, Raphael. Uh, the idea that was coming to mind with my bringing up the passions thing is like with the Star Wars shit. It's like when they're when Yoda, because Yoda knows how to use the dark side, he just doesn't, right? Whereas like Emperor, like the Emperor and stuff, may not even know the power of reason over the over the passion in the wrong sense uh let me put it this way so when they're fucking using sword stuff and it's like once they start getting angry and reacting that's when he's like yes do you feel that that's like this weird thing that's going to drive your ego in a particular way and you're going to clench and you're going to fight in a certain way and i think what i was kind of getting at in a weird off handed way and i don't know how right i am on this i don't know that's what i was asking um the chariot card like the lover's card happens that's true passion that's kundalini rising through shiva shakti interplay and the polarities and you know Orgasmic joy and like all this awesome passion shit, but then the challenge of the chariot card, which is the next card, is having reason over the appetites and the passions in a Plato sense where it's like these are real, and you can use them for yourself to the highest levels, like what you were saying, um Brian, like they can actually drive you forward in a very good way, I would say uh right, and uh but at some point like they become almost there's a not a danger, but like what I'm seeing is like in Star Wars with like clear your mind of certain like animalistic passions because if you let that kind of part of you rise you're just going to start swashbuckling like crazy like Luke does uh in return of the jedi and that's why he gets defeated almost and it has to resort to Darth Vader's moment of clarity to not destroy him because he essentially lost his own inner battle he let he he turned over to the passion of of anger or whatever fully on if that makes any sense um But bottom line, it sounds... And I want to get into some of the projects you're uh, working on and and discuss that, obviously, more. So maybe we should take a little music break.
0: If you want to reply first.
1: Okay, yeah. Highest passion, truest joy, with no expectations. It sounds like you're doing the Bashar thing real well.
2: Uh, Yeah, that's wonderful. And uh, right now, I must say, I don't really have anything to add to that. I just want to let it simmer with that right now. That's nice. (laughs)
1: Word. Well just ironically I picked a prodigy song called Firestarter. Uh we should be having that inner mounting flame tapped into. It's not a bad thing. We shouldn't quell it, but we should know know it and and tame it like a lightsaber. It's it can it can cut off your hand just as much as it can open a door.
0: Welcome back to Team Rabbit Hole Edition one hundred and seven with Steve Wybro, Five D chess and special guest Brian Lar, as well as the ever present brother Jim. Well guys or mostly I guess Steve, what is there left to say uh, from your point of
3: view you know Raphael I, I'm sorry I regretfully have to uh, uh, skate out the door for something else uh, I had uh, committed to this afternoon so I, I just wanted to thank all of you for uh, letting me participate I super enjoyed the uh, the the rap and and uh, just uh, Encourage all of you to just keep 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 the keep the good work going, and uh, thank you very very much.
1: That's what's up, Brian. Looking thank forward you, to Brian. getting your angel deck uh, in the mail, and love you, dude.
2: You too, man. See you guys soon. Thanks, Steve. Later. Thanks a lot, Brian, for that. Excellent. And ooh, yeah. What else is there to say? There is so much still to say, and always will. There will always be. More than enough to say. It's just never ending. Um, but I really like the way the conversation has gone now because, um, it really epitomizes for me, um, the Gnostic approach, the way I see it, you know, the, the Gnostic approach, which is to start from the bases and expand outward, you know, to say the most important things for me right now, which are my mind, you know, and to not hold anything back. That's, um, something that is, uh, the The uh, part of being a revealer in my um, understanding, a revealer of um, occult knowledge, you know, of ancient wisdom, uh, instead of um, using that knowledge, you know, for manipulation purposes, but using it for purposes of manifestation. You know, and uh, maneuvering ourselves through these times, you know, which are very intense, and I think it's very important that uh, we support each other through these times, you know, and get a we 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 always get a much uh, deeper understanding and perspective of the situation we find ourselves in through hearing our perspectives on it, you know, because it's it's really important to navigate. And as I said, you know. I think it's very important right now to not be, uh, stuck, you know, in the information overload, uh, overload that is happening right now. I think a lot of people, and I also know, uh, people that I work with also, they, they, even when I say it to them, they're not properly able to switch off and they're just telling me all the time you know there's always something new coming out and just this and that and you never get to anything else and I'm like alright then come back to your life again there will always be more to know and that's one of the reasons why in in my show navigating the matrix with natural law principles I regularly also say that there is no news here there is nothing new that you're going to hear today But only focus on the basics and sort of like, um, yeah, looking at things from a completely different perspective and from a foundational perspective. And I find that really, it really helps me myself in my uh, compass being tuned to the to the to the right direction and uh, with the right variables when I do these shows. Because uh, as I'm, I'm giving that forward to other people, the work that I'm doing, I'm also anchoring my own being in these uh, basic principles, and it really, really helps me um, from each day to day, you know, to navigate through this crazy place as it is right now. But it's a very traumatized place, the world right now, and I really love what Mark Passio said in an interview he did with uh, Alex Jones like two weeks ago. When he said that basically nothing has changed from pre-coronavirus and uh, after coronavirus. You see, nothing has really changed. It is just, and that's what it shows me, you know, that we're right in the middle of the apocalypse where these masks, you know, that people are wearing is actually showing you directly in your reality who has to hide behind a mask right now and that's the reason why i absolutely never wear a mask uh... wherever i go only sometimes I got a, I got a mask today at the event where I was, where it says, you know, something with, um, dictatorship, uh, you can't, st- um, it doesn't protect against dictatorship. I will w- wear that now in the supermarket if that, if I have to get something, and I don't want to get into a lengthy discussion because I, I also don't really bother with, um, you know, there's these doctors, um, um, that you can get right now. Um, you know, the the proof, you know, that you're not allowed uh, to just have a for the article.
0: record, hmm? as you're speaking of Austria.
2: Yeah, exactly.
0: In Austria. Yeah. Just, just mute yourself kindly for one second, just for the context. So hmm. since about uh, one month, as far as I understand, even, I mean, we can all then discuss about, you know, the legal basis or the biological basis or not, or, you know, economic, spiritual... Whatever else may be behind this, but even in the so-called verordnung, which is like the lowest level of, let's say, law giving, there can be, um, kind of like a, you know, presidential order or something. Just we don't have a president in that sense, but even there it says since at least uh, more than a month, I believe that uh, you are technically required to wear a mask in certain situations unless you can legitimately, um, not prove, but argue that this is you know either psychologically or physiologically stressing you out in any way shape or form and even there within that for it actually says you do not need uh, a proof from a doctor so the interesting part here for me is that it almost seems to me that even in these very crazy let's say control matrix structures that apparently want to just dominate everyone and everything and it may be different in different countries but at least for austria since at least these five weeks it even states in there that uh, you have no requirement at all and you can't be fined and all of that. So if anyone ju- would just be aware that these passages exist, then they would not have any reason to wear uh, these masks unless they are really afraid of whatever or just as you said, uh, maybe don't want to get any stares or don't want to get into like
1: social conformity kind of thing.
0: Yeah, I just want to point out that there's actually no, uh, even as it is stated right now, there is no actual legal requirement. So it's very interesting to see how still so many people are conforming and sometimes even in spaces and places and situations where they wouldn't have to wear a mask at all. And literally no one is recommending wearing one. But, you know, it's just become the new habit. So,
1: you know, it's always funny watching someone drive by in their car with a mask. It's like you are alone right now. (laughs) What are you doing? Um, And I just want to say what we're kind of talking about peripherally is very much the, uh, you know, um, Timothy, Larry, Terrence McKenna kind of vibes of find the others. It seems that in being your authentic self, which I think is the, choice drug of the zeitgeist of the age of aquarius whatever's authenticity raw authenticity especially as a double aries you're going to have to beat your war drum and dance the to that drum regardless of what other people do and i'm really appreciative of the fact that you're trying to do it in such in an inclusive and loving and compassionate way uh, as opposed to maybe like a forceful way because um obviously that's going to be more of a temptation for an Aries just to be like I've got the sword like Peter in the garden it's like oh here come the bad guys I'll chop off his ear it's like oh shit like it's nice that you have a sword Peter but don't do that kind of thing. Um anyway, uh, I'm very curious in terms of I mean I didn't realize you had a show because I I'm, I'm friends with you on Facebook but that's because Raphael said to get you on here. Raphael, is this the guy who is having the Orion Dream Connections or is that somebody else? And I'm very curious kind of of the platform history, what you're up to, um how you see your uh individual self in the movement like what you see for yourself in the you know given the um and how you're adapting to social kind of restrictions and stuff like that
2: yeah yeah sure uh what i what i would say and thanks for backing that up with the situation in austria that's very important to um give a clear perspective on what exactly we're dealing with here and yeah it's uh quite funny that it actually says in in the forordnung that you uh, are not required to show any of that and for me this exposes the workings of what we are dealing with at every every single day you know in this world is actually the workings of lex Mercatoria you know of um the international um Commerce system, where it's just about your silent consensus you know and just obeying to the orders that you're getting, but when you look more directly it it actually leaves you an option, and I find that very interesting. This is also for me part of the unveiling and of the apocalypse that actually from the elites perspective, you know there are you you don't have any rights you know <laughs> it's uh, just you know they're doing with you everything through the law of commerce and whatever you just obey to you know that's what you do it's this is a very fascinating subject, but other than that, what I also find hugely interesting when it comes to the mask issue is, as I said, you know, I never wear a mask when I go with the train or when I go with the tube, where everyone wears one. I've not seen anyone in the tube up to now, and I've been in Vienna now nearly a week, because I was in up Austria, uh before for for a while, and no one up to now has not worn a mask in the tube. It's yeah, quite I, extraordinary.
0: Just briefly, I wasn't riding a lot the past month, but also did it the way you describe, and uh, I maybe saw... Two individuals in train stations, although there, I mean, you know, then you have your own, you know, presuppositions about them potentially, or I can have. And in that one example, I could not grok to what degree this individual is fully conscious of what he's doing or whether it just doesn't give a damn, which, you know, from one perspective, you know, a general equanimity and chillness even here could carry you through it in terms of simply not being overly afraid or conforming to things you maybe don't really like. So I think I maybe saw two or three. Oh yeah. One I really saw. I'm, I'm for sure like inside the tube. Interesting looking guy. But I was also kind of surprised, especially knowing the legal background, uh, that really no one else, almost no one else, like you said, is riding without a mask, even though there would be plenty of space even inside the tubes to do social distancing or whatever. If, if you're into that, um, so, yeah, I was also kind of surprised, especially because I would say, like, you know, I'm generally healthy and so on, but it's not really comfortable to breathe through these masks, like, on the very basic level, and that individuals literally are willing to suffocate themselves, you know, it's, it's incredible.
1: Well, it's it's tricky. I'll just say this and be quiet because I want you to talk as much as you can given the time constraints here. Um, It's funny because like what you're talking about, um, maritime and uh, corporate or whether commerce law, we've had a a podcast on with Brendan. Um, I think we were trying to get you guys both on here at some point. We'll have to do that and go more uh, down that rabbit hole. But we're almost conscripted to being chattel in a system. It's just like the Matrix. You're born into a system. You have no clue that it is. And once you start waking up to levels of that, that's scary and then you punctuate and you just kind of try to ride the wave um, and stop bullets like Neo or whatever. But um, yeah, the funny part with it all is like how much people are willing out of basically laziness and fear are the motivators for a lot of these decisions. People are either too lazy to, to do differently or they're too afraid to. Um, and the same thing happened with 9-11 and shoes in America. I I found in Europe when I was traveling over there all of 2017, I lived in Switzerland, um, over near Montreux, basically up in the Alps, but, uh, basically everybody in America has to take off your shoes because of that shoe bombing plot, quote unquote, back in the September 11th days. And that's just kind of the standard, behavior now um but it's not like it's just funny what we give away in terms of our sovereignty just to go along to get along and there's a wisdom sometimes in that but not always um it's a kind of a fine line but basically fear and laziness are very strong motivators it seems to the uh the people group and mass
2: yeah uh it's <laughs> what i what i also wanted to say is that. The, the wearing of the mask, what it also symbolizes to me is exactly that the, the, first of all, the laziness of people, you know, to, to really take a deeper look into it and just actually really believing in, you know, in, in in the basics of authority, that authority can do everything it wants with you and demand everything it wants from you at any given time is just absolutely extraordinary. And uh, you just have to give a, a, a story to that, which, is, which makes no sense whatsoever once you look at it a little bit closer. I'm wearing the mask not to protect myself, but to protect others. But when it doesn't protect myself, then in this theory that they have, then the sort of, uh, yeah, the bacteria that comes out through your mouth, you know, also transmits to the other. It's like, it doesn't make any sense, but it's just, you it's know... Right it's right
0: along there with herd immunity, I think, the current logic.
2: Exactly. Yes, exactly, exactly. It's just absolutely extraordinary. It just shows you that people can't think straight. That's the basic underlying thing here. And uh, the reason why they... Uh, they, they can 't think i mean there 's a lot of things um, aspects why they can 't think straight, but they're basically also they are afraid and they are afraid on mostly i think on a subconscious level and this fear actually comes on the from the basics i think uh, from ignorance because what dispels fear is actually knowledge. When I have the knowledge of what uh, Raphael just shared with us, you know what it really means that it's not a command, but it's something that is proposed to you. It's that, a suggestion. that fear goes away. Exactly, it's a suggestion, and that changes the whole thing completely. Offer so,
0: for contract, no? something like this, right?
2: <laughs> exactly, it's just you know basic things where yeah, it, and and that's what that's what knowledge does to you. It, it dispels fear and, uh, and yeah, and the next step, you know, is to use that knowledge, but also an aspect that I wanted to focus on here, which I observed myself through doing this was right in the beginning when I, when I went into a supermarket and I didn't wear a mask, I could actually literally, literally feel what the matrix is. For the first time in my yeah. life, it wasn't just sort of like this uh, intellectual understanding of what it is. And there is also, you can take the Dictionary of the Law from Kobler here in Austria, you know, where you where you look at the word system and it says the order of a thought majority. And I'm like, oh, I, intellectually, I get that. So, the matrix is in correspondence with me on a thought level. It's actually the very basis is not materialistic because there is no materialistic world. It's all frequencies, as we say. But it Actually has something to do with me on the level of thought and the thought majority and the order of it, so what happened when i didn 't wear a mask when I went into the spa uh, and reflecting on that experience, I felt the matrix for the first time in the most purest of sense, and how does it manifest it 's so fascinating. As people looking at you, whereas a month before that, you know, you would be the crazy guy if, if you were a mask. And now a month later, you're the crazy guy for not wearing a mask. It's amazing. And just this feeling of what you get, what it means, what mass psychology means and what it means to actually say, I'm having none. Of this, and my willpower is far stronger than those of all of you. And I—that was a fascinating discovery that I made as I was uh, starting to not comply with what I was told with the masks. It was fascinating.
1: What's hard for me is we—we have to go to the store and wear masks here. Like I can't go in the store without it, so I kind of have to submit at that level. But what two things and I'll shut up because I think we're done. Um strength card we pulled that that's this episode it's uh, that is the you know the lady holding the lion's jaws ever so kindly or whatever and it's like going against the grain you feel that when you do it um it reminds me a little of the movie inception when the girl or arachne or whatever her name is uh starts becoming aware uh the dream world becomes aware that she's not part of the system and they start like antagonizing her and trying to try to like destroy her or whatever um our bodies do this with white blood cells and viruses and stuff, like right? quote unquote, right? So it's like it's it's fascinating how the micro acts like the macro, and just being witness to it. So more power to you, more strength to you, dude, Um, Rafael. What were you going to say?
0: Just where there is a will, there is a way. Probably do research on the legal system and you know talk with the store manager and so on, or you know you can get food from other places. I'm just saying there is always a path to be found if one wills, just as Steve explained. Thank you for that uh, example you've given. I think it sums it up quite nicely. And yeah, already very much looking forward uh, to the next installment or let's say update, upgrade. Uh, Steve, anything uh, you'd like to mention in closing?
2: Yeah, just to sort of like um, focus on this very aspect of will and willpower, because that's what I think is the force that moves all things. It's, um, this example, you know, with the mask, it's beautiful, you know, because you can actually feel your environment trying to tell you, you have to conform. And you realize, oh no, I don't. And that gives you all the power that you need. The universe opens up because your willpower and you're showing And that's putting the trinity into action. You're completing the trinity. The number one thing one needs to learn at school, this should be the number one thing. You know, not knowledge is power. The use of knowledge exclusively is the biggest power that you can have. And it shows you that when my willpower is stronger than my environment, then my will will be reflected and I can change the whole game. And if we all do that, we are changing the whole game through the understanding of the simplicity of the truth. And, uh, yeah, that's what I wanted to focus on at the end of this wonderful episode. It's been wonderful to speak with you guys. And I'm looking forward to the next round of that.
1: (laughs) Most definitely. Thank you, Jim. I'll say one thing really quick, and then that's all. I mean, this is my parting thought. Um, Gil Scott Heron, who is a, um, an activist in America, said the revolution will not be televised. Don't just look at the mainstream media, guys. There's a lot more to the picture than meets the eye. Follow your your true self, and like he's saying, be authentic and strong. Strength card in in compassion, like Raphael's card was saying, towards yourself and others. You can walk on water. You could do these things or more, but we have to believe, um, you know. That's the whole point of the force. It's like you can't do it until you clear your mind and then believe and trust in it. And then you can lift rocks or the X-Wing or whatever the fuck. So enjoy the fucking ride, guys, and try to find the others. We're at a point where we really should be standing strong in our authenticity. And when we vibe in our strength and in our individual authenticity as kind of like movers and shakers of our own domain, um, you're going to find the other monkeys that are on that wave. And together we rise.
0: Thank you both so much. Thank you all for listening team rabbit hole life in action unconditional love to you all enjoy yourselves